everyone always has something to say relative to education. I think the fact that so many people have opinions and perspectives on the schools is wonderful. School districts are very complicated. I will tell you that assumptions get made and sometimes they're correct and many times they are not. And I want to help people understand. We are educating kids for their future, not our past. Welcome, folks, to Leading Education with Jeff Rose. I am Jason Pace. We're here on a beautiful summer day in July in Atlanta, and it's actually really not that hot in Hotlanta, Jeff. I know. We've, we've been lucky. We've been reading and talking about this heat wave throughout the entire country that, you know, is having significant impact, and yet, I know. you know, you think Atlanta must be the worst at but it's been it's been pretty nice. It's been pretty nice. It's been pretty nice. nice. It's good to be back on the show. I'm. I, I think maybe some people might have thought that you fired me, Jeff. Well, no. Have they been no. asking about me? You you were suspended, but oh, you, right. you know you've earned suspended your way back. Suspended without pay. <laughs> without pay. That's right. No, we we one. I took a break, uh, but even prior to that, I had a couple of guests kind of in a row. Yeah. Um, yeah that was so some it's good been a stuff. while, and I I miss you. I don't like well, I don't like introducing the show. I I need structure and support, and that's yeah. what you provide me with. So. Well, I hope so. I hope so, folks. It's going to be a really interesting uh, topic today. I'm excited about it. You know, Jeff, I'll tell you. A quick story. I did a workshop, a two-day workshop this week with clients, and, and the topic came around to, you know, strategy, just having a strategy. And I remembered the episode we recorded on, you know, the strategic planning and that sort of thing. And I totally ripped off your whole deal. But actually what I did was I, I opened, you know, because we were in the room right adjacent to your office, and I opened the doors and I said, hey, you guys see this guy over here? Yeah. Anyway, so I introduced you. You didn't even. You weren't. You were like totally zoned in on what you were doing. You didn't even see what I was doing. I was, I was wearing shorts, a t-shirt, and flip flops. And, and I'm like, let me give you his take on strategic planning. And so we we use that. So I'm excited about today's topic. Today we're going to talk about time management, focus, and all those kinds of things. And you know, uh, in in on one hand, Jeff, you 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 hear too much about this, and on the other hand, you can't get. I can't get enough of ideas about how other people manage their time. Um, I am constantly reminded and constantly feel like I don't manage my time as well as I should. And so I'm looking forward to getting a lot out of this today. This this is a difficult and complex uh, discussion that really it's hard to master how yeah. you spend your time. Um, and really the motivation for this show came through jury duty recently. Yeah. So I'll tell this story really quickly. I had to go to jury duty and I wasn't happy about it. I was <laughs> I was hoping I'd be excused and I was not. And it ended up being those day long events right. where, you know, we're called up, you know, in small groups and I am trying to think about how I answer, of course, honestly, and yet with the right tone so I do not get chosen. I did not want to get chosen. Uh, fortunately, I did not. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was very, very thankful. But while, while there, 
I heard this voice call me from behind as we're standing in line. Um, I turned around and realized, oh, this is somebody I used to work with in Fulton County. Okay. And she had just landed just, I mean, over the past few weeks, her first principal job right? Um, in a different neighboring district. And I, number one, felt... Um, uh, I, I I could relate to exactly what she was stepping into. In the meantime, I was worried about jury duty. If anyone should have been worried, it should have been her because she had just <laughs> accepted this job a couple of days prior. But we started talking about the, the entrance strategy to being an elementary school principal. And we talked a lot about time management. I really? ended up being on the bus with her, riding back to our car, you know, in the shuttle, sure. and advising her on thinking about how she spends her time and the dramatic impact that can have on her leadership. And I think about a week later, I thought, you know, I think it's my next podcast topic. Sure, of course. And it's it's a hard one. In fact, right. um, over 20 years, I was constantly working on being strategic relative to how I spend my time and focus my efforts in order to be as impactful as possible. In the meantime, I'm learning all over again. I feel like I'm right. learning to walk because now I'm in a very different role as an entrepreneur, so to speak, right. on working on leading ed solutions. And that's a very different set of tasks as right. it relates to how you lead and spend your time in a way that's productive. So Jeff, you were telling me about a book you read on this topic. I think our, our mutual friend, Bruce, Shared yeah, it with right, you. right. Yeah, the, the one, the, the one thing, the one thing, right, by Gary Keller. Yep, yep. And yeah, in fact, it's 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 been a great read. It's really um, helped me refocus, specific yeah. to how I spend my time. And you know, the overall the overall concept is that success is built over time, one thing at a time. Yeah. And I think Keller does a phenomenal job describing how you align your focus to your overall goal, but also that translates to truly how you spend your day. So the way he, what he's advocating here in, in, in indicative of the title, right, is, is that you should spend your time on one thing at a time, right? So right. what else did you pull out of it if you were to kind of summarize it for everybody listening? Yeah, so my, my, maybe my top three takeaways would yeah. be that um, equality is a lie as it relates to time management or task management. Not right. everything is as important as the next. Okay. You have to prioritize. The other is that, you know, he talks about a to-do list versus a, a success list. Yep. And everyone can relate to this. We, we all create these to-do lists right. and then we quickly become overwhelmed. Right. And then at the end of the day, even if we've ticked off a few things on the list, we look back and we think, yeah, but I didn't get anything good done right right so right. i didn't accomplish much today sure it's because you were just focusing on maybe a series of tasks yeah and then he goes over this concept that i love as one who struggles with my own attention issues and that is multitasking is just a lie <laughs> you can't do it i'm so right? glad to hear that yeah i mean i think we try I th I, and yeah we think we're multitasking. i think my wife can do it way better than me at least you know right. well we i think we pretend and some people are better actually right. this is this is true i don't want to go into brain research but People cannot actually multitask. Some people are right. better at transitioning quickly from one task, task to another. Right. Exactly right. So right. this concept of the TV being on right. and being able to do other things at the same time, right. they're not watching TV and doing this. They're going back and forth quickly. quickly. And right. some people are better at that than others. Right. Um, people like me who struggle with attention, I need to sometimes have <laughs> right. you know a very quick pause 
sure. before I can transition to another thing. So, so for those who may not read the book or haven't read the book in a while, let's, let's go through and unpack just a little bit. So this, this equality thing, right? What is, what is Keller suggesting in terms of like, you've got all this list of things to do. You have 10 things to do in a day. What is he suggesting you do with that list as far as this topic of not everything is an equal, equally important task? Well, not everything is a task, right? So some things uh, truly are a focus, right? Okay. There, there is a task list. These are basic things that you just maybe need to get done. Right. But you can spend all of your day working right. on tasks, uh-huh. but not make progress. True. So the Keller's point is if you want to make progress as it relates to, you know, your overall goal specific to business, that... You have to align your time accordingly, as opposed to just being driven by tasks. And so how does that feed into this success list versus to-do list? It sounds like there's a connection there. There, There is a connection, right? Those things are different. In fact, um, I think it's mid-book, he describes that profit and productivity, okay, those are the things that in business we think we're driven by, Mm -hmm. but are really driven by purpose and priority. Okay. So how do you take your day and align it to your purpose and priority because that will impact profit and productivity. I think that was a solid point he made. And um, once again, it's a good reminder that if I want to move the ball down the field, I have to sometimes focus on the overall intent as opposed to what is being asked of me today. Sure. And in the leadership position, there's lots of things that get asked of us that we may be able to accomplish. It doesn't mean that we're actually moving the ball down the field, so to speak. Right, right. So from a day-in-the-life perspective, right, and I'm, I'm, I really want to get to the, you know, all of us confront this. Um, we've, we're just bombarded with tons of distractions, way more now than we were even 10 years ago or, or especially 20 years ago when you could just sit and listen to the phone ring and ignore it, right? Right, right. Um, but I'm interested in what the day in the life looks like in, in Gary Keller's ideal day, right? So how, how, how would he, how would that be compared to maybe the days that you've been having or have had before? Well, I think, so I'll, I'll let me relate it to my current situation. Yeah, right? yeah. So, you know, I'm working on Leading Ed Solutions right now. Yep. And this yep. is, um, you know, kind of this new startup that I have oh, launched yeah. over the past couple of months. Sure. Um, which is going extremely well. Excellent. So here's, here's my dilemma, and I would relate um, Keller's points to. Um, one, I have lots of ideas. Yeah. I have lots of ideas relative to what, what I want and think leading and solutions can and will be one day. Right. Those things are exciting and sometimes a little bit distracting. Oh, totally. Because if I focus on them, they each create a series of lists. And those lists are, once again, a series of to-dos. Well, I also realize I'm not going to ever get to those point unless I focus on my first thing. So recently, I have intentionally put a variety of things I'm excited about to say, I'm just going to focus on one thing. Uh So right now, I'm focused on gathering my team of national superintendents, and that's it. Right. That's all I'm doing right now. Yep. And by the way, I get tempted to do other things. Sure. Right? I get tempted to create more content. I could do a podcast every other day because this is fun. Mm -hmm. But by the way, that would distract me. Yeah. Right? I need to focus right now on gathering 
our community of superintendents. And with that, that will help us drive other work in the future. Of course. So, you know, this is, that's my one thing right now. Yeah. My one thing is my team of superintendents. So based on what you learned from reading this book, how do you organize your day now? Or well, what have I, you changed? What have you done practically? I, I think I probably, I still struggle, right? But um, what it's helping me do is reflect at the end of the day, I am able to take this book, and I'll talk about kind of other texts that I've relied on in the sure. past, specific yeah. to school leadership. Right. But in this world, I've been able to reflect on how I already spent my day, and then at the beginning of the day, think about, listen, there's all these things I want to get done, but by the end of the day, what is the one thing that would make me feel and know I have had a productive day? Right. And then how do I push on that? How do I right. spend my time doing that as opposed to creating a quote to-do list? Right. And his suggestion would be as you execute on your focus throughout that day would be to do one thing at a time and not try to do this whole multitasking thing that all of us seem to be having to, you know, we're that's, always having to confront the temptation to multitask. That's correct. And really that's not productive. So I'm always curious in these conversations that we have, Jeff, you know, what's different for a school superintendent, people in leadership positions in education about time management that is unique? You know, what is, what, what's unique to that role and what's unique to that situation that maybe the rest of us don't understand? And then Right, so the, that's that's the right question because the job of a school leader or right. a school district leader is one of servitude, right? It's it's not focused on profit and productivity. Right, productivity, yes, um, and meeting specific goals, of course. However, you know it's really focused on serving. It's a servitude role. And so you're serving others. You're serving students and families and staff and community and sometimes even your district. If you're a, if you're a principal, for example, you are part of a bigger team. So the dilemma with that is that as you're serving others, everyone has the ability to define how they think you should spend your time. So in some ways, now you're not just answering to the multitude of daily tasks, you're now grappling with the expectation of others relative to how they want you to spend your time, of course, to serve them. Yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. And that becomes just another level of pressure that is one that's very, very tricky to navigate. In fact, um, I once took over this position. I was leading, excuse me, I was following a leader who was well respected? Yeah, she was. She was. She was really good at her job, um, but I was different. I just, I was different. I had different yeah. priorities, and I remember talking to a community member who was going on and on about how she loved this other leader that was leaving, which you know wasn't offensive or anything. Sure. And, but I asked, what made you? What made her so good? And she said, you know, you could send her an email, and bam. She would send you an email back all the time. Right, right. So that person loved that leader because she was responsive right. via email. Mm -hmm. There are some that really appreciate that. Oh, sure. You can send a quick message and they're going to send you one back. But you know right. what? If that is your definition of 
how you spend your time. You're going to be spending a lot of your time sitting behind a screen. Oh, absolutely. Right? And therefore, you would also be ignoring a lot of other opportunities to spend your time in another way. Right. That right. would impact other people and maybe even be more productive. Right. Um, so once again, that's the dilemma is how do you manage your time based upon the variety of things coming at you every day, but also the expectations of others. Right. And there's a lot of others in that equation. A lot so of in others. my life, I probably, if you were to, to group the number of people I get a lot of calls or emails from, that group's pretty small, but I may get a lot of emails from that group. But in this case of like a principal, I mean, you've got parents, you've got teachers, you've got a lot of people that are, you got a large number of people that theoretically could demand something of your attention. Absolutely. So, um, and this was probably what drew me to the topic because I was advising this yeah. this person who's becoming a new principal, and I know what she's stepping into. She's yeah. stepping into um, how teachers would define how they want her to spend her time. Right. And I know what that looks like. Yeah. Right. They want sure. teachers. Uh, teachers want the principal to um, be in the hallway, to be supporting them, to be in classrooms to be spending time with students, which by the way is the right expectation. Right. Parents want to make sure that you're addressing their issues. Right. That you're available for meetings or you are answering their emails. They want to see that you're out and about. They want you to do everything. So what's different potentially is you've got more people demanding your attention. There's there's this high expectation of an instant or very rapid response. Um, and maybe they experience that out in the world in, in doing business or whatever. And so they're just, you know, they have this expectation like, oh, well, surely you're going to get back to me, right? What else is different other than the response time expectation and then having a large group of people? And then, of course, how do you manage all that? Well, I think, I think that it comes down to, um, you know, I'll give some very specific advice here, but... I think that the educational leader, once again, needs to be very reflective and intentional, specific to what they're trying to accomplish, mm -hmm. right? So um, is your, are you trying to accomplish, do you want your legacy to be around emails? Yeah. Right? I mean, you just have to ask yourself that. Right. right? Is that what you want people to remember about you? Correct. Like, wow, they really right. replied quickly. But here, in the meantime, if you were to talk to any you know, say principal or someone in central office and ask them how they feel about emails, they'll roll their eyes and they'll talk about the amazing amount of time that takes in their day um, and how they often struggle getting that done so that they can accomplish the important things. Well, sometimes you just need to flip that, right? You need to think about how am I going to make a difference in the lives of others because my job is to serve. Right. And therefore, what would my legacy be in terms of how I'm spending my minutes and hours each day? Right, right. Right, and defining that for yourself and then creating systems, and we'll get into that in a second, is the challenge but also the opportunity. Yeah. So moving beyond that, let's, let's get to what, what can people do? 
Right. So this is what I talk about all the time, right? Let's let's move beyond admiring the problem. Yep. We've talked about what the problem is, right? right. So right. Um, I have three specific things, uh, kind of theories that I've thought about for the past number of years that have helped me and then I sometimes talk to or advise others or, or lecture on. Right. Um, number one is something that I know you can relate to and Stephen Covey. Um, talks yeah. a lot about time management. Uh, he has a matrix, and you're aware of this, and this is not new, but it's so relevant. And um, if for our listeners, if you haven't looked this up in terms of his time management matrix, I, I, I recommend that you do. Um, bottom line is he defines how you should spend your time to be productive, and he does so by creating these kind of four boxes. I used to call them Covey's boxes. The two by so two, yeah. The two, the two by two. So imagine a matrix. Uh, on the top, you have urgent and not urgent. Right. Right. On the left-hand side, you have important and not important. Okay? So you can take one box at a time. So quadrant number one would be, therefore, urgent and important. Mm-hmm. So urgent and important. So let's talk about, uh, for example, this, this box. Here's the dilemma. Sometimes we think everything is urgent and important. Right. So I'll just boil this down to the life in the day of a, or the day in the life of a school. What is urgent and important? Somebody bleeding profusely is both those things. <laughs> right. I mean, it's true. If you yeah. have a major injury at the school, right, there, that is urgent and important. You better take care of that. Right. If you exactly. have a safety concern, that's urgent and important. Right. If you have an angry parent, walk in the front door and demand to spend time with the principal for whatever reason. Right. Sometimes that gets defined as urgent and important. Right. I'm sorry, parents. It's actually not. Right. (laughs) Right. It's important, but it may not be an emergency. Right. And therefore, it should be defined as something that's not urgent importance. So number one, challenge number one is how you define the variety of tasks that come up throughout the day. And by the way, urgent and important are sometimes things that you can actually delegate. The leader should know how to delegate some of those things so that they can be managed. Right. Because if you don't, then sometimes things will get, you know, mislabeled and that's all you'll do all day. Right. The overall goal and this is the case too, I know in the, in the world of, of business, is that how do you spend your time in the quadrant of what's important and what's not urgent, mm-hmm. right? That is the biggest challenge, but the biggest opportunity, right? right? Because one, that has to do with, you know, maybe relationship building, finding what the opportunities in the organization are, the planning, the big picture focus, that's where you want to spend your time, but it's really, really hard to do. So what would you say from a practical standpoint would be a percentage, right? Do you want to spend 50% of your time on important but not urgent, or what, what would you, what's practical? Well, I, I, I have our time, you know, with putting percentages on it. I will tell okay. you this. The goal is to spend the majority of your time in the not urgent and important box. So, okay, got it. Quick story. When I was a principal, I had a mentor. In fact, I still work with this mentor all the time. Mm -hmm. But at the time, she would cold call me. Mm -hmm. She would call me in my office. This is before we had cell phones. Um, But um, I I wore a pager at the time. But she would call my office. Um, Occasionally, I would pick up. 
And she'd say, hey, Jeff, how are you? Uh, how's your day? I would tell her, and she'd say, so what are you doing? I would tell her what I was doing, and often it was I was answering emails, trying to complete paperwork, and she would ask me why. And I would define to her yeah. that I was trying to get those things done so that I could blank. And usually the blank was so that I could be in classrooms. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get this done so I can get out in classrooms because for a principal, spending time in classrooms, giving feedback to the teacher, yeah. learning about you know just what's happening on a daily basis in the academic environment is what's actually important and not urgent. Wow. So I would tell her this, and she'd say, can you do me a favor? Can you hand the phone to your secretary? <laughs> Yeah. I'd say, okay. Yeah. Right? She's my mentor. I'm going to do what she tells me. Yeah. I would do so, and she would ask my secretary, how long has Jeff been in his office? Yeah. Has he been spending a lot of time in there today? How right. about this week? Right. And then she'd get back on the phone, and she'd say, I need you to flip it. Stop it. I'd say, okay, what do you mean by flip it? Right. She'd say, I need you to go spend your time on what's most important, and then when the day's over, then figure out how you're going to accomplish that other stuff. Right. Don't try to accomplish the small, menial tasks so that you can do what's important. Do what's important first, and then figure out the small stuff later. Mm-hmm. Right? Which, once again, relates to the one thing. But, right. you know, these boxes, I would recommend leaders do two things. One, be intentional about planning your day according to this concept of how do I get in the non-urgent but important box. Right. And think about at the end of the day, how do I do? Yeah. I used to lead administrators through time audits. And those that I would help and support, I'd say, let's break out your calendar and let's look back at the last two weeks. We're going to color code, color code according to these four quadrants. Right. And then we're going to talk to each other about how'd you do. Right. Right. And often we would say, gosh, I really messed up. Right. I spent way too much time in not important, you know, non-urgent issues, which are meetings that go nowhere which is filling out paperwork that maybe no one pays attention to, and yet you spend time doing those things. Right. But, you know, doing a calendar audit is really helpful. So, like, topic number one or advice number one is think about Covey's, you know, time quadrants. Okay. Um, Advice number two, I I went through a thing called breakthrough coaching years ago, Uh, and that's really, you know, run by the the CEO of that company's uh, Malachi... Uh, Pan Coast. And Malachi's point was he would differentiate and he would describe to, you know, academic leaders, and he was always right, we didn't go through training on how to be quality executives. No, not at all. Right? Principals become principals or, you know, principals eventually superintendents, usually because they do a good job in that role. Right. It doesn't necessarily mean they know how to step into the next role. True. True. Just because a teacher is really good at their job, that doesn't necessarily mean they'll be a great principal. Right. Often they are, but not always. Right. And yet, how often does a, um, a principal or a superintendent not come from a background of teaching? Like, almost never, oh, right? It's rare. It's, it's rare. rare. Yeah. So people rise up. So the system's up, a little broken It's there. really odd, right? You it's rise up broken. through the system, right. and then you get in the next position, and you haven't gone it's sometimes completely through the, un- the adequate yeah. training necessary in order to know how to, say, run your day, right. manage right. your teams. And you're really given no time to do it either. No. It's like one day you're a teacher, 
and you're a technician, really, kind of like you're 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 good at teaching. And the next day, you're a manager and a leader, and maybe you've had three months to even think about it. Right? Well, I mean, teachers go through, say, let's call it principal school. They sometimes go through a year or two of extra education principal. to move into the okay. next role. However. Often the input or advice or training coursework they're receiving yeah. isn't related to the practical okay. day-to-day time management issues. Right. right? A right. lot of it is theory. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, what Malachi does is he works with administrators throughout the country and he, you know, does a few things. He defines the difference between an executive or a manager versus a technician. Yeah. And then he said, so you are an executive or a manager in your leadership position, yet you're doing way too much technical work. Right, right. So he goes through this um, this very specific system on how you work with others to define how you're going to spend your time, and you create systems of accountability, often with your secretary, uh, personal assistant, whoever that person is. And then you communicate how you spend your time, and then you run a daily system, uh, ensuring that when you're in classrooms, you're in classrooms, and that's what you're doing. Right, right. Right. It, yeah. The goal is to get you out of your office. Mm-hmm. Right. And he he describes a baseball uh, a baseball manager during a game. Where is a baseball manager? He's in the dugout. Right. Is the baseball manager you know answering phones in his office? No. Not the good ones, no. no. Is yeah. a baseball manager actually on the mound throwing the ball? Nope. No, right? The concept is you have to be in the right place spending your time accordingly, and you have to have a system to do that. Right. And so, right. you know, what I learned through Breakthrough Coaching was how I work with others to help manage me. Yeah. Because you know what? As Malachi describes, I'm the problem. Right. right? So unpack that. Is it is it about communicating with the people closest to you to say, hey, listen, here's my goal. I need you to be proactively, you know. Exactly right. In fact, that, you know, one thing that Breakthrough Coaching does is um, you actually go through the training with oh with w- w- with your personal assistant your secretary it. or your immediate team okay so that they are aware so they can help manage you right, right? okay no so, that's valuable yeah, yeah very right. valuable and the the third and this is actually my favorite piece of advice um, comes to uh, comes back to Ron Heifetz and you know oh, the Harvard guy yeah the Harvard yep. guy right he's yep. a famous lecturer at uh, the John F Kennedy School of Government and. You know, this goes back a long time, too, but he describes this dance floor and balcony concept. Okay. And he said, so the, the leader is challenged because they are drawn to the dance floor because the dance floor is where you get stuff done. Mm-hmm. That's where truly the action is. Mm-hmm. And leaders are just yanked onto the dance floor. And while on the dance floor, right, you're focusing on what's immediately in front of you. Sure. Right, you can look around a little bit, but you're looking at your dance partner, you're thinking about kind of your own moves, right? right. Um, you're focused on the then, then, and now. Sure. Right then, right? Right. Um, however, he said what really quality leaders do is they know how to exit intentionally the dance floor and walk up to the balcony in order to take a breath and observe below. Right. Because you get a very different perspective and perception when you are looking at others dancing. In fact, 
your job is to actually sometimes lead those that are out there dancing. How do you do so unless you are aware and have a bigger picture of what's happening down there and you can't get there get that when you're on the dance floor right so you know his overall advice and concept is having the discernment on knowing when to get up to the balcony and then when to leave walk down dance and then knowing how to exit and get back up to the balcony and really good leaders do that and boy is that hard but I actually give that advice more than any other as it relates to time management for educational leaders. So Jeff, how would you net this out? All right, so uh, three pieces of, of advice I gave. One, think about Covey's boxes, yeah, right? right? Right, how you spend your time. Two, think about bringing in others to help you manage your time, right? Mm-hmm. Going back to breakthrough coaching. And the third is think about the dance floor, right? Think about the balcony. Right. and you know, think about the discernment on knowing when to move back and forth. And I'll just say my last words of wisdom is uh, for leaders to be intentional. Think about on the way to work, think about after work that day, reflect on your week and think about how did I spend my time as opposed to was I able to cross things off on a to-do list? Mm -hmm. Think about your ultimate goal and then relate that to your time and calendar. Right. Well, I think we can end there, Jeff. That's fantastic. Folks, if you want to learn more about uh, the book, The One Thing, that's by Dan Keller. And um, where would they learn more about Breakthrough Coaching? And Malachi's, uh, is it BreakthroughCoaching.com? Or? Um, I don't know the website. We'll put it in the show yeah, notes, yeah. maybe. All right. Yeah, yeah. Very good. Okay, folks, thanks a lot for listening to Leading Education with Jeff Rose. I'm Jason Pace, and we'll see you next time. listening to Leading Education with Jeff Rose, hosted by Jason Pace and Jeff Rose, and recorded at Serendipity Labs in Alpharetta, Georgia. We are produced and edited by Carson Pace. Our theme music is by Full Year of Panic. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. We'll see you next week.